Hey everyone, this is Mike Flanagan from Inside Bowling. Thanks for stopping by and giving our podcast a try. On this episode, we welcome our first guest. His name is Dave Lamont. You may have heard Dave on PBA broadcast, USBC broadcast, including the PWBA, Junior Gold, and collegiate events over the years. Dave is a true professional, and he also has agreements where he's worked with ESPN and various other networks where he calls college basketball and college football, just to name a few. I should also let you know that this show is being recorded on Facebook Live and YouTube. And during this show, we do get Dave to talk about some things that are visual. So you may feel a little bit lost just listening here where we broadcast our podcast. So if you do want to catch up on that, you can check it out as all of our episodes are archived on Facebook Live and on YouTube at forward slash Inside Bowling or search for Inside Bowling on either one of those platforms. If you're enjoying our show, do us a favor and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. It would mean a lot if you did. They tell us reviews mean we'll be seen by more people, and we want more people to find out about bowling. If you really like what we're doing here and would like to support the show, head over to InsideBowling.com and check out our merch. We have licensing deals in place with some of the biggest brands in bowling and, of course, funny pop culture apparel as well. Check it out and use coupon code IBSHOW to save 15% off site-wide. Thanks again for listening. Here's our second episode with our first guest, Dave Lamont. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Inside Bowling Show, episode number two. Myself, Mike Flanagan, with Matt Farber. And yesterday, to the seven people that watched us, we want to thank you for watching. Uh, We had some great feedback on Google reviews yesterday, Matt, didn't we? Yeah, we sure did. It was uh, was a great first show. It's a great way to kick off our Inside Bowling live stream, whatever you want to call it, honestly. Yeah, you know, we actually did have a few texts yesterday from industry uh, professionals. They must have been the seven people watching, and uh, it was it was uh, good feedback. So we're going to keep doing it for a while here. We don't know how for how long, but uh, Monday through Friday, uh, 11 a.m. Uh, my time here in the Mountain Zone. I'm in Utah, and, and Matt's in New York. 1 p.m. Eastern is our time. And we mentioned yesterday, Matt, that we were going to attempt to try to get some guests Um Sure and I, I can't believe who we have today. Um, and pure Mike Flanagan, last minute fashion as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It definitely was. Um, and we have a guest already lined up for tomorrow, too, that we'll talk about later in the show. Um, but I'll tell you what, man, uh, I really enjoyed sitting in the saddle with you yesterday and looking forward to getting to our guest today. So as Matt is our producer, let's bring in today's guest. He's uh, the PBA uh play-by-play guy sometimes uh he's done some usbc work but i know him more from watching college football on espn i mean this is a big guest today let's bring in our guest dave lamont <laughs> there he is wow i rarely get that kind of introduction thank you mike oh. i appreciate that that's more than i deserve you know you're an answer to a trivia question dave who was the first person that matt and and mike had on the inside bowling show during quarantine there you, go. you know you're the you're the you're the you're the answer buddy <laughs> I'm glad to be the uh, the test monkey. Yes, we, and we, we coordinated we coordinated well today on the purple. Very nice, Mike. Well, uh, Mike missed a memo. Mike is a rebel. Uh, everybody in the industry knows that, and uh, that's just how he. If if we had sent him something and told him to wear purple, he would have worn green. It doesn't matter. We can't right, control right. it. Right. Our best chance would have been to not say anything and just right. by luck and by chance to have Mike throw on some purple gear. Dave, I noticed you have like a green wall behind you or something. Huh. What, what is that? I'm in the, our bedroom. It's actually with our house now full of people. It's a little hard to find a quiet place to talk. So mm. uh, that's our drama wall uh, in the bedroom. The drama wall. The drama wall. You know how you have like we have how many walls do I have here? One, 
to this is the third wall and yeah and we're breaking the fourth wall right now and because there's a window right here which is where you're getting this light so the so the drama wall is different color that's all that means you paint one wall a different color wow um well dave uh the reason why i bring up the color green is because yesterday and the day before when we were testing, we had some major oh, issues boy. on my screen. <laughs> and I had the green screen turned on for the entire show yesterday. Oh. Um, so really, I mean, I really know what I'm doing here. <laughs> so I was wondering well, if you were going with the same thing. You're yeah. ahead of me uh, because I don't even have a microphone in my house. So uh, you're, you know, I'm not going to complain about anything technical. You did find your your, your AirPods or your EarPods. Yes, yeah, I did. We appreciate you taking the time to do that, buddy. Yeah, it took about 10 seconds after we hung up from our conversation yesterday. So, so far, we've got, uh, we have eight viewers today um, because you're on the show. So, did you invite anybody in particular to watch the show? I did not. Watching? I did not. We're going to wing it and see just how popular you guys are. No, yeah, well, that's that's kind of the strategy here. We're going all el, el natural with this show. We're not doing any promotion. We're just going to see if our natural talent and um, really the guests can carry us all the way here. So no pressure on you, Dave. Well, you picked a good time because I'm not exactly terribly busy at the moment. So this this should work out really well. That's perfect. Well, everybody that's watching, we've got some cool stuff planned with Dave today. Matt worked on something pretty cool yesterday, and we'll get to that in just a few minutes. Matt, we've got some comments coming in. A couple cool ones you might want to display on the screen. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was on, I was on the table. Or, um, Matt, Matt is also the producer of this program. So, starting uh, off on a high note here, Tom Doherty writing in saying, By far, my, ah, my boy, Tom. That's, that's your boy right there. You know, he hates, he hates <laughs> Rob Stone, hates him. You know, yeah, I, I thought know. that was for show, and it may not be. <laughs> no, Tom Dory did a live stream yesterday on the Hammer Facebook page. Yeah. And somebody asked about uh, what's up with that announcer guy and you, and he just talked about, I love Randy Peterson. And that's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, who doesn't? So, so, Dave, obviously, you know, the, the elephant in the room here is all these goofy things we're dealing with right now that you've never seen in, in, in your lifetime and we've never seen in our lifetime. Tell everybody kind of where you're at and kind of how, how this whole mm -hmm. coronavirus is, is affecting you currently. Well, I'm in South Florida near Fort Lauderdale. And at the moment, we, my wife and I went from being empty nesters to having our two sons and one of my son's girlfriend uh, in our house now. So we've gone from two to five. I have one son who's college age. He'll be a junior and actually be starting classes at the University of Wyoming to play basketball uh, eventually. And my oldest son is, has had an internship with the Dallas Mavericks, on-court player development internship. It was going well. And then all of this hit. And so after it looked like we weren't going to be getting anywhere with it, it was much better for he and, and his girlfriend uh, to come here. And that's where we are. So we've done the best we can as far as keeping active. We were, we've been actually, I don't know if you all have ever heard of pickleball. Yes. We improvise. We have now our own street pickleball court uh, just outside our house. That's a thing, right? It's a very big thing in Florida. Huge in Florida. In, there's a park two miles from our house. It is almost ground zero for pickleball in that South is Florida. awesome. So we improvised our, um, we put some chalk. We took a, an extension cord, tied it to our mailbox, and tied it to a ladder across the street. And that's the net, and we just have at it. I am so jealous right now. I played wiffle ball over the weekend, Dave. Wiffle ball. Well, you know, the funny thing is I went walking with, a, with an old friend yesterday on a golf course. It was in pristine condition, 
and nobody's playing. And there might be one sport that you could pull off in an era of social distancing. It would be golf as long as you don't ride in a cart with somebody. Right. But, um, you know, uh, once we get back to normal, I can't wait to start uh, to start swinging the clubs again. How is this affecting you uh, professionally right now um, without calling any any broadcast or anything like that? Like, how, how is it perfect? How is it affecting you uh, professionally? Well, my last assignment was going to be for ESPN was going to be this past weekend. I was uh, on for the Mississippi State spring football game, which would have been Mike Leach's first spring game. So there would have been some attention to that, I think. And in addition to the fact that he kind of made a little bit of a fool of himself in some people's mind with a tweet he sent out that he had to back away from. Uh, but after that, I kind of disappear from the network until, uh, August. Now, what I was going to do is uh, some soccer matches I do. And all I do is drive to a studio in my neighborhood. And I was hoping to get in some flow bowling events like I did last year, did a, a bunch of the summer swing events, which I just loved the hell out of that. That was a great couple of weeks. And then, uh, back into, uh, back into college football. Yeah, one of my favorite things, everybody, is I'm going to Johnny big time you here, Matt. But Dave and I have actually become somewhat friends, I think. I think we're somewhat yeah, friends. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you took me to dinner in, in Florida once, which was pretty nice. Uh, and and you did this, and you took me, I don't know if you paid. No, you know what? That was the Tommy Jones who paid, but you got me into that <laughs> dinner. No, oh, listen, right. Tommy had won. Right. Tommy had won in Reno. That oh, was well, actually that the first weekend. That was the first weekend I did events for ESPN uh, as a bowling, as, as a PBA commentator. I had done USBC stuff before that went away. And uh, Mike wrangled me a, a seat at the table there. So, no, absolutely. Mike, uh, I, you, had, you do things that I don't ever think of, and I mean that as a compliment. You take chances that I don't think of. Yeah, so so you joined us at dinner that night. But but the, what I was getting at here, Johnny, big time you over there, Matt, is uh, – <laughs> Is is I love watching college football, right? And Dave's on the call a lot, and and it, it's it's just extra special for me when it's when it's a college football game, especially on like a Thursday or a Friday when it's kind of like the only game that's going on on ESPN, and and uh, and Dave's in the booth, and like I'll be watching the game, and I'll like send him a text. I'll be like, hey, um, what do you think is going to happen here, or this or whatever? <laughs> and you know, yeah, I think the guy is busy, he, but this guy he'll, he'll respond in real time. Like it's Boise State fourth quarter. You know, he's getting ready to commercials. call the game. And uh, I'm like, hey, hey Dave, uh, great job up there. And he's and all of a sudden it says, you know, see somebody's typing, you know, and I'm watching oh, no. and I'm watching the game. I got to tell you, it's like a voyeuristic experience. And it makes I'm not sure I, sh so happy. I should be. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. It just makes me so happy, Dave. Well, I'm not sure I should be proud of that, but uh, I, I only think type I think you're putting Dave in a little bit of an awkward position There's here. Five people watching. Five. No. <laughs> well, well, during commercials, I've had people uh, communicate with me, friends, or somebody saying, "Hey, I'm watching," or whatever. That's that's never a problem. It's always during a commercial, and and right. you know, and occasionally you might even check Twitter. Sometimes a team will tweet something out that you don't know. Like uh, Mike Flanagan just broke the school record for most touchdowns on a Friday night game, and you see that on Twitter, and you go, "Oh, that's I'm going to work that on the broadcast." God. So it's it's not that big a deal. So well, that's cool, and I exaggerate. To people that don't know, I exaggerate a yes, lot. So slightly. So we've got a we got a cool question here from Joey Price for you, Dave. He's, he says uh, Joey says he's always wanted to get into sports announcing. How did you get started? That's a long time, Joey. I, it's something I identified when I was young. Once I realized that I was going to be a lousy athlete, and I was a lousy athlete at high school, 
Uh, I started doing public address announcing in high school as a, as a freshman. That's how bad of an athlete I was. And just stuck with it. Took every internship I could get my hands on. Um, radio was easier to break into then than it is now. So I started in radio in the 70s, 1970s, and just stuck with it. Had a few patches of unemployment. Uh, announced High Life for seven years as a way to pay bills and keep my chops somewhat sharp, which unfortunately the sport is dying over here, which really stinks. But uh, it takes a ton of persistence. And as I tell everybody, Joey, for every 50 no's you get, there may be the one yes that you'll get that will change things for you. And if you're young, Joey, I don't know how old you are, but if you can find a high school or uh, if, you ha- if you're in high school, if you're older, look, look at the colleges that offer this kind of opportunity, communication degrees, broadcasting degrees. Uh, the programs that are out there in high school now are unbelievable how many are out there. Uh, so that's that's the best thing I would do. And just be prepared to go anywhere at any time and do anything. So in those broadcasting and journalism uh, schools, um, is that where you like uh, hone your majestic voice? You know, I've always <laughs> said, like, do you, you know, it's almost like, you know, to be an athlete, you have to be gifted genetically, right? You have to be able to be athletic. And part of that is genetics. It's the same thing with broadcasting, right? I mean, you've got to have that majestic type of voice, um, like, is that something that you go through when you're in, you know, when you're in school? Do they teach it's you? something you go through when you're in puberty. <laughs> uh, honestly, I got, I got a break. I got great hair and I got pipes and yeah. not much else, but it was enough for me. Uh, no, I think I, I was a geek as a kid listening to this stuff. I listened to all the guys and certainly Chris Shankle, since we're bowling folks and talking about that was one, a, a man who could use his voice very well. You don't always have to have the greatest of voices, but it helps because you have to be pleasant to listen to. And even though people don't listen three straight hours like they used to, because everybody's so distracted and habits are different, uh, it, 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 it's very helpful. It, it gets me through, uh, you know, people would not even recognize my face where I live, but they'll hear my voice and they'll, oh, I know who you are. So it does help. But there's nothing, I mean, there's no famous announcer school where everybody walks around with their hand to their ear and you know, talks like this all the time. You just <laughs> you just catch a break. You know, I just recently did a did a voiceover for a Bowler X match game uh, show, and um, I had to turn the bass way down on my mic. And uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, get ready to match the stars. <laughs> so I've been practicing, Dave, but this microphone really helps me out a lot. Well, and it looks cool compared to me. I, you can't see this very well, but this thing is just it looks like the dog chewed on it. Uh, <laughs> these are these are in bad shape. So we got a great question here uh, from Stephanie Walden Alexander. She said, "With no sports on, ESPN has recently aired marble racing and death mm-hmm. diving. Um, and if you've ever been asked to comment on uh, or commentate anything like that, and to to just prep or to extend this question." Uh, I've put together a little video here for Dave later in the show that he's going, uh, we're going to put him on the spot and he's going to have to okay. play the game and it's going to involve possibly something, not marble racing or death diving, but things that should be fun to watch. Um, have you ever been able to, or been asked to commentate anything re- like r- absolutely ridiculous? Not really. I, I wish I had a great story for Stephanie. I, I don't. Um, in my head, when I'm playing my street pickleball, I'm announcing only if I'm playing well. Uh, and I have the voices in my head that do that announcing. But no, I haven't been approached by any of that yet. I would do anything. Trust me, at this point, I think I speak on behalf of everybody 
uh, who's in this business that all we want to do is start wearing headsets again and going to the airport and, and doing all of that stuff. No question. Got another question coming in here. It's from a guy on our inside bowling team. He's actually the ringing 10, uh, who does oh, all yeah. funny memes and everything. Uh, Gray Marshall asked Dave, what was the most impressive bowling performance you've ever called? You know, I saw that question pop up on the live comments and the first thing that popped in my head and I don't remember. And Mike, I don't know if you were there or if I knew you then, but back when I did the uh, intercollegiate team championships, they also had the individual uh, and Diana's of Yalava in mm -hmm. singles one year averaged, I think about three fifteen for three crazy. games. It was a great performance. And I mean, every person who went up against her would bowl like a very respectable two fifteen and lose by 60. And I don't think even among seeing the, the PBA guys, Belmo and, and all of those guys, uh, and, and seeing them up close and, and how wonderful they are as, as people, have I ever seen one person on one day bowl better than Diana did on that day? And by then, I knew how to pronounce her name. <laughs> I, I still uh, screw it up, but I think yeah. I did okay on the match game the other day. We got, we got Stu Williams checking in here. Hey! Says, love listening to you on the shows, working with you was okay too i guess it was okay and unfortunately Stu was was going to work with me i forgot where it was in delaware and he sat down and he said by the way just to know i'm not going to be here long he had the chauffeur dom barrett somewhere uh so we didn't get much of a chance to sit in the booth together but i certainly hope people love listening to Stu on flow bowling i can tell you that no bs there uh he is outspoken but he can he says it in a way that's not really always mean sometimes but uh, yeah, he's he's great uh, on on flow. So Stu, I hope to see you. Maybe if things can get going again over the summer, and certainly uh, glad that you and my cranky friend, my cranky fifty year old friend uh, Chris Barnes, are doing something together as well. Yeah, make sure you check out that show as well. They they've been sharing our stuff too, so we're all working together on this thing. You know, Dave, when we look back at at different broadcasts that you've been on in bowling, you've kind of been this guy who's been picked up from time to time. You were used with USBC for a while, and then we saw you as the voice of the PBA for a period of time. And, and then, you know, recently uh, we've seen Dave Ryan kind of sliding back in there. Tell, tell everybody just a little bit about your involvement with bowling and kind mm -hmm. of how we see you and then you disappear and just kind of your journey of the things that have happened over the years with, with you always coming back and calling bowling but never really having a consistent gig. Yeah, I thought I did uh, when ESPN named me a couple of years, about three years ago now, to take the job for the PBA Tour, uh, the final two years of the contract, which I fully thought ESPN was going to keep. So I, to me, that was achieving a, a real goal in my life. I grew up watching those Shankle, Billy Waylu, and then Nelson Burton Jr. telecast, and I don't think I missed one. I watched Don Johnson's 299. I watched so many, the Earl Anthony, Mark Roth, Marshall Holman era, uh, and then you start to see the emergence of a young, a very young Pete Weber and people like that. Uh, I stuck with it because it was so entertaining to me. It inspired me to pick up a ball and, and become a bowler as well. So in 2010, I had the opportunity to start doing the, uh, the intercollegiate team and some women's majors on ESPN. So I jumped at that, did that for a few years, never really could break through the PBA ranks. And um, I think in 2016, Mike, the only bowling event I called that year was your IB Open in St. Louis. That was it that year. And I was with Dennis and, of course, the great Bo Burton. And then I got the ESPN opportunity, and I, I was overjoyed, absolutely overjoyed at that. And uh, 
then we lost the contract. It made a business decision. And the unfortunate thing was out of everybody associated with the broadcast, and I mean the people who light the, uh, the lanes, the people who carry ladders, the producers, the directors, the graphics, I was the only one who didn't go. And that's understandable because they have Rob's in place. It's his network. That's business, not personal. And the USB-C stuff faded away when CBS got very involved and they wanted to use a staff person. So I lost that opportunity. So uh, last year, 2019, I was able to fill in. Uh, this year, there were just too many conflicts. Uh, I, you know, I do have a contract with the ESPN to do college and basketball. And even though they allow me to do bowling, and it's literally in my contract, um, if there's a conflict, I have to go with the big parent. And this year with the PBA moving some tournaments to Saturdays in the wintertime, I just couldn't physically be there. I mean, I think there was at least one of the time that I was on the air at the same time as the as the championship stepladder. And so that's, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I have a good relationship with a couple people at Fox that I've dealt with. We get along and uh, certainly love being around my bowling family because that uh, that job means a great deal to me. Yeah, and I love it how, how you're also a person who's very humble because when Flow Bowling calls and says, hey, would you like to do some work here, which isn't on a major network, many people might say, no, that's kind of beneath me to, to not be on national television. But you're <laughs> bowling so much that you did that. And, he, and even so, also with me, we were streaming the, uh, the Tournament of the Americas when we were in Florida. You came that's in. That's right. You're in my house. Yeah. Outside bowling. You can go back and watch that at the archive. And then also you touched on it when you got to work with Bo Burton when uh, when I, we got to live out that dream together, uh, having Bo Burton as part of one of my events. And I got to sit in the booth with him a little bit, and you did as well. As a matter of fact, we have that queued up here, I believe, Matt. If cool. you bring that onto the screen, let's take a look back at the 2016 InsideBowling.com Open Finals where Dave Lamont and Bo Burton opened our broadcast. So I believe Matt's going to bring that up for us here. And then we'll talk about what, what that moment was like for you, Dave. Thank you very much. Hello again, everybody, and thank you very much for joining us. Oh, welcome back to St. Louis. First off, where you are a sporting icon here, and we have, <laughs> I'm not joking now, I, but we have an outstanding field of five that fought through over 250 entries and a lot of bowling to get to where we are right now. And we start with the number five seed, an experienced player in Rob Gottschall. Rob Gottschall is uh, definitely an experienced player. He's 38 years old. He bowled on Team USA. Bowls still a lot. He works for Ebonite and is familiar with uh, the pro action and has bowled in step ladder finals before. Now we have his experience against the youth, but yet youthful experience of an exciting 18-year-old, Cameron Doyle. Cameron Doyle is the best teenager I have seen uh, since I've been watching the younger bowlers bowl. I met him at Teen Masters a few years back when he was 16 years old. Uh, he's from Brentwood, Tennessee. He's going on to Wichita State, and he's just getting better and better and better and bowled a key 250 game to qualify for the top finals tonight. In the match play, he opened with a 256. He closed with a 256, and he's an experienced player in the three spot. Dave Watka, someone you know, you competed against. Dave Watka has won a professional bowlers tournament. He was the 1992 Greater uh, Detroit Open champion. He's uh, stayed active in bowling once again. He's a field representative for Ebonite, one of our sponsors, and he is the most experienced player of all. And there's no doubt about it. He paced himself well throughout the tournament. He never looked like he was going to run away with it, but he never got lost, and he came on strong at the end. Out of the college ranks, out of Robert Morris, where he played on a national championship team, as you can see, throws it hard, throws it loud, and it gets. Well, Matt, is, uh, we talked earlier in the announce booth, he throws one of the heaviest balls. that I mean, that it, when it hits the pins, it's heavy. It reminded me of Mark Roth in his heyday. 
you could hear his ball over and above anybody in the Bowen Center. Matt's that way. But the one thing I really like about Matt, he, he has a lot of a college experience, some experience at this level, but he's a terrific spare shooter. He will not miss any easy spares. But in the number one position, you might as well call him King George the third <laughs> for the way he bowled the last couple of days. Go oh, Hagen the third, the left-hander, the only lefty in this five, and he was brilliant today. Well, George got off to a good start. He bowled just steady throughout the tournament. And today's format was we had eight games yesterday, and then we had 16 games today to qualify. And George just gathered momentum and momentum. And when we got to the 12 games of match play, he averaged 256 or seven the first six games, put away the field, and just coasted to the number one spot. We expect a great final on our championship pair, 47 and 48. And the first of our classic, traditional stepladder finals will begin in just a moment after these messages. Yeah, so how awesome was that, Dave? Man. First off, I'm glad I've lost some weight since then. Tight shirts. I put you in a tight. You did yeah, put me in a shirt. medium. He, he gave me a, a, a. Yeah, that's what it was. And bad hair day. Also, I'm disappointed from working with Bo that I didn't have my best do going that day either. Um, I've been lucky. I had interviewed Bo when I was a young radio reporter about 1979, when the tour used to go down in Miami at Don Carter's Kendall Lane, which is southwest of the city of Miami. And I went down one night, interviewed Bo. He was great. Years later, I start getting involved in the sport as an announcer. And he came up to me a uh, Hall of Fame weekend down at the ITRC in Arlington. We were doing a show there and said, hey, I, I like your work. Well, good Lord. I, that list lifted me 50 feet into the air because I had watched him for so many years uh, on those ABC telecasts, right to really when ABC canceled the show. And uh, then to have that chance to sit there and hear that voice and hear the Bo Burton way of announcing bowling, the, the ability he had to talk up a shot and then sit out, um, which I've stolen, you know, you, and, and, I, and Randy does it also. You know, here's Mike Flanagan. This is why this is watch for my. And then all of a sudden in, you have that three, four, five seconds of dead air when you just lock into the player and lock into that shot. And then you see what happens. And Bo did that and did it brilliantly. And I think that was that's a lesson for any bowling broadcaster is you don't have to talk all the time. And let bowling is only one other sport that has a better sound effect than bowling, and that's the crack of the bat in baseball. I think other than that, bowling has the best natural sound effect. The ball hitting the, the maple and going down there and striking pins and or sometimes even missing them, and then you hear the ball hit the back, and you have that awkward silence. So that, uh, that, that weekend was, was really very precious for me, Mike, and to have that chance. And again, hell, I thought that might have been it for me. You know, I, I, well, I, you know no joke. I, I left there because I hadn't gotten the ESPN deal yet. I had lost all the USBC stuff. I um, thought, crap, this, this might be it. You know, maybe I'll do this once a year with Mike, and that'll be my bowling announcing career. Yeah. And, you know, I just wanted to put, you know, in that particular event, it was my event and I like to broadcast, right? I like to hear myself talk. Obviously, that's why we're doing we all do today. Right. And, um, and I like to control the conversation and things like that. I really enjoy it. But in that particular instance, I thought to really elevate the event, what if I brought in Bo and I could have done, I could have done the play by play if I, you know, it was my event. I could have done it. I could have lived out that dream, but I thought, for the event and and what would make the event the very best is if I were to step aside and bring you on to be the play-by-play -play guy 
And then I got to be the sideline guy down below and be able to report in once in a while. And the three of us did that broadcast together. But, you know, the other thing that was amazing that weekend, and we had that question coming in uh, as we got Mark Bufa and a few other folks coming in that we want to welcome into the broadcast. But uh, Lee Champion asked, how did Bo get his nickname? I'm really not sure of that. Maybe we'll have Bo on someday and, and figure that out. You don't know, do you, Dave? I don't, actually. I don't know. Uh, because Nelson Burton Jr. is his given name, and I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one either. And then Dennis Hacker had a comment here. You know, Dennis did a great job. Yes, he did. You mentioned his name. You know, for somebody who has no experience broadcasting other than just loving bowling, kind of like myself, Dennis spent a lot of time on our airwaves broadcasting these tournaments. And he actually works the camera for us as well and does a lot for Missouri USBC and a lot for USBC in general. And he has a comment here. During the closing of the show, Bo said something on the order of, Dave, I'd work with you anytime." And uh, Dennis said he smiled because it was kind of condescending, but I realized what it must have meant at the same time. <laughs> you know, I didn't take it as, as a condescending comment, uh, but we have not worked together since. We saw each other at the Hall of Fame dinner a couple of years ago, what I, what I like to call the Last Supper in Indianapolis, um, the year that Chris Barnes was inducted into the PBA Hall of Fame, and Bo always hosts that dinner. And uh, he had some nice things to say about me at the dinner as well. And he and I was at the cool kids table for one of the few times in my life. I was with Bo, Marshall Holman, who's become a friend and a great guy. Uh, our, you know, Randy was there, Kimberly Pressler. Uh, we had a really cool table and uh, had, a, had a magical evening that night. Well, that's awesome. You know, Dave, I think because you are quarantined, I think now might be a good opportunity. Matt, Matt had this idea and he is prepared all of these uh he's prepared some clips have you seen what joe buck is doing on twitter by chance Dave? i have i have uh you know i think it's a it's an interesting idea it's almost like he's trying to buy friends um but <laughs> because he he takes a terrible beating and an unfairly uh, a beating on twitter but no i think it was a brilliant idea on his part <laughs> yeah so we thought we would potentially play this game with you so sure so, so matt has put together five clips uh we're not sure from a technical standpoint since this is only our second show if you're going to be able to view all this were you able to view the 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 last thing okay dave that we put up yeah yeah absolutely okay. all right so no excuses sure. then great yes and matt is prepared i have not seen these clips i did not want to see them i wanted to react at the same time as you did dave but uh what we'd like for you to do, for those that aren't familiar, is uh, Joe Buck is basically voicing over random videos uh, to practice his play-by-play during quarantine. And we thought we would help Dave out today by offering a few of these as well. And I, I will hand it over to Matt uh, to set this up for Dave, and I'll just back away and, and enjoy the show with everybody else. So uh, take it away, Matt. All righty. So, uh, so yeah, so it's actually, it's, it's only three videos. Uh, so each video yep. got some, uh, it's each video has got, you know, the actual video and then some slow motion replay. So the first one um, this first one goes kind of quick. So just an FYI, um, it's a very fast paced sport. Um, it's very popular. I'm surprised you haven't gotten asked to call this at all. So what I'm going to well, do- I say that all the time. Right. I know. I like, I would love to see Dave Lamont commenting uh commentating um and, and doing the call for this so um i'm gonna play the video it's gonna start up right away um and then just give us your live call and then it takes us through a couple of slow-mo replays you all, all right shoot. all right oh that looks almost like team handball except there's no goal there and it's a oh a bicycle kick and it might have been partly rejected 
Left foot, oh, you can't go wide with the left foot. A little bit of a hot dog play here at the end. Good athleticism on the bicycle kick there, but watch here. I think this is bad judgment. You just don't have an angle for that from that position. you got to go down the middle here. And, oh, no, wait a minute. On further review, the replay booth is buzzed down. It was off the back hamstring. Well, there's no such thing as a front hamstring of number eight, and that is indeed the gray team's ball. <laughs> very, very well done, sir. That's a, it's a very popular sport in Asia. It's called CPAC Takra. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but you need to see if you can get on a broadcast there. Well, a couple more years, I'll probably be breathing through a CPAC, so let's not get uh, too crazy about it. Excellent uh, job. Uh, Dave, I'm going to give you an eight and a half on that one. Good job, buddy. I think I think you'll step it up with this one, Dave. Uh, this is a All right, what else? Another very popular event. I'm just going to preface uh, this this video here a little bit. Very popular event. Um, it's called the Canterbury Park Llamas and Unicorn Races. And what they do <laughs> is they have an actual race of llamas. And they take mini ponies and dress them up like unicorns and they let them race. <laughs> so, so this is a very exciting unicorn race. I want you – it's going to you know, have a brief pause in the beginning and then it's going to go through. Very action-packed, so make sure you keep your eyes peeled because there's a lot right. of action going on here. Oh, boy. All right, let's go. Land here at Canterbury Park. They're off. <laughs> and out of the outside, it's the five unicorn – Will he go to the rail? Oh, down goes. We have a man down there. Hopefully we won't need the medics as we have one rider who's fallen out of the saddle. The unicorn takes a hard left and crossing what I believe to be a finish line of this incredibly short race and moving out of camera range going that fast as we take a look here at the unicorn. And there's a mysterious left turn. That's just poor jockeying. And Twilight Moon, a nine to one shot has come in. This perfecta is going to pay large. <laughs> Excellent, Dave. Dave. Oh I'm, my god. Me up on that one. Nine and a half, Dave. That was a nine and a half. Very good. Good. Thank you. You know, a quick story before you fire this up. But I remember I used to announce highlights, I told you in the 1980s. And one of the we used to have celebrities occasionally visit our booth. And one of the celebrities that came in was Dave Johnson, the race caller. He was down, I want to say he was down either to call the Florida Derby. Uh, which was nearby Gulfstream Park from where we were or whatever. And he said, hey, I like your work. Would you ever be interested in becoming a, a horse racing announcer? And I had thought about it because I didn't know what the hell was going to happen with my career at that point in my life. And I gave it some consideration, decided I didn't want to do it. Um, I'm kind of glad I did. But he is maybe the premier race caller of all time. He is the guy who gave us, and down the stretch they come. And uh, so I, if that race had been a little longer, I would have stolen his line. That is awesome. That is cool. Well, I tell you what, um, I think that if you ever wanted to get into horse racing, you could use that little clip. We'll clip that for My you. Kind of make like a portfolio for yourself and get back uh, into that, into that commentating. <laughs> I'll put it on my reel. Yes. No, that should be in your portfolio. No doubt. <laughs> All right, so we've got this last video here. We're bringing it back. We're bringing this thing full circle. We're coming back here um, to the sport of bowling. Very uh -oh. talented athlete here. Um, it's just we're gonna. It's just a shot of them bowling in competition, and then it's gonna run that shot back in slow mo. Take us through their shots. Take us through their technique. What you think um, about this All person right. bowler? They need to learn some videoing skills. Um, it's not media friendly. It's vertical as opposed to horizontal. So you're just gonna have to 
going to have to deal with that. But uh, take us through this person, uh, Bowling, very talented athlete right here. All right. Well, here is a very talented athlete who is phonically challenged. And the right-hander, oh, look at him go. Look at the confidence in the form. Notice, let's see where he's going. He's pulled this all the way left. Clearly, the lanes have transitioned, and he is taking full advantage of that. You know what? Straight blowback, nothing left on the deck, everything going straight back into the pit. This is a guy, not just with a great pass, but clearly a prominent future with a smooth style like that. All right, I'm going to start uh, having to review all of this going forward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was originally going to use as a video out there on the Internet of Mike Bolin uh, two-handed with a 13-pound ball, and I was originally going to use that, um, but I decided the more recent video was definitely the play. So, um, I, Dave, gotta give you, I, I got to give you a 10 on my last one. Well, thank you very much. Pretty good, but especially without reading glasses. I, I actually took a guess that was Mike. Uh, <laughs> Not bad. Back will get you on that one. I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, great job as always, Dave. That was um, that was funny. I was looking through yesterday trying to find these ridiculous videos that uh, I could try to get you to commentate, and I was like, you know, people have um, people have done, you know, like food, and people have done like baby yeah. races. You know, at NBA games, they have like babies crawling to half court. Um, but you know, I, I somehow came across that llama and uh, unicorn one, and uh, I gotta tell you, some of those llama names were hilarious. They're like Lamiana uh, uh, La Grande and like Felice Llama Dot. Like there were just some great llama names. Um, so if you guys want, go on YouTube, check out a Canterbury Park Llama and Unicorn Race, um, very big time race. Um, so yeah, check it out. It's hilarious, absolutely hilarious. Awesome. Well, thanks for, you being know, the incredible thing is I have the time. <laughs> thanks for being a good sport, Dave, on, on that particular uh, part of our show today. I wanted to ask. Absolutely. You, Anytime. We've had this, uh, we've had this discussion before, but you get to call all kinds of different sports and we are a bowling show here. What is it that, that, that you think of, uh, overall about bowling compared to other sports and, and why it's so unique? And, and I'd also like for you to kind of maybe tell us your thoughts on, on maybe what bowling needs to do uh, to, to get more in the forefront and, and grow? Well, to the second part, I think having the, the more exposure the sport can get with the best bowlers has got to help. And I think that's what the, the that's why they PBA went with Fox, because they had the chance to get on the big network a few times last year. Of course, this year, everything has been thrown into the hamper and, and hopefully will be revived soon or by or next year with a full schedule. But that's, that's one thing that's got to help. Another thing is, I, I don't know if bowling has successfully used social media enough. I don't know if there's, if there's a united effort behind that. Um, I think more people, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who object to subscribing for things, and sometimes they do too. And subscribing to watch flow bowling uh, or anything else like that has bothers some bowlers who don't want to spend the money or who can't spend the money. And that's unfortunate because you're missing a tremendous amount of action. But I can't tell you how to spend money. Um, I wish, and I wished it when ESPN had bowling when I was doing it, and I certainly wish the same. There, there's more promotion on websites, on the Fox website, on the networks, than just saying, hey, look, it's Belmo, everybody. He'll be on today. You know, Even though he's the most marketable guy that we have in the sport, there's got to be a better way to promote the sport for the TV audience out there as well. Um, as far as 
what's different about it is it's such a concentrated setup. Everything is close in and, and intense. And, you know, with a, with a football game, you're in this huge area. Sometimes there's a lot of people there. Sometimes there's not. And the intensity can vary. Even if you only have, say, 100 people in an area that, that's it's 50, and it's not very many people who are physically there, there's an intensity that radiates in that building when you're on for a championship, especially when you're lucky enough to be in the finals or calling the finals of a major tournament. And the players feel it, the ball reps feel it, every decision they make might be either the most brilliant one of the day or it might be an absolute disaster. And virtually every shot has consequence. And the fun thing about bowling, and I do make it analogous to golf, and I know it drives some people crazy, but I do think the sports are very much alike because you're not just battling, now obviously in bowling you're not battling weather, but you're battling changing conditions as you get on a golf course. The golf course on a Friday is not going to play the way it did on uh, on Thursday and so forth down the line. The same with the bowling center. Hell, you know, Matt could be on three and four, and I could be on five and six, and Mike can be on seven and eight, and we're getting completely different looks with the same pattern. And maybe we're even using the same bowling balls. Maybe we all bowl for the same company. That's one of the unique things about bowling is Mike's getting this reaction, and I'm getting something, and Matt's getting something, and I might look over and I go, good God, what's going on with him? Because he's throwing the same thing I am, and I'm getting this, he's getting that. So I think that's the cool stuff about bowling that I, I've also wondered, Mike, sometimes, and I've struggled with this as an announcer, not so much because I don't do the technical stuff that Randy has to deal with, but how much are we appealing to the hardcore bowling nerd? And I mean that as strictly as a compliment. But you know what I'm talking about, the guys who know every single detail and bowl very seriously and are very good between, hey, here's a, a casual person who might go bowling just recreationally a few times a year, but sees competition and wants to watch competition. How do we make it not too crazy technical for them without angering the other guy who thinks we're talking down to him or her? That's a tricky dance. And uh, I wish we could figure out a way to do that to make it more universal for the fan. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Matt, do you have any follow-ups on that? Yeah, I think for certain, I think that there are, I think because bowling tends to be limited in the amount of fans that it can bring into a live arena, um, I think that it just forces the industry to be, to have to be innovative um, and think outside of the box of ways to use what you were talking about, Dave, social media, to use technology in different ways that aren't necessarily in place right now. Um, you know, it's, it may be a little early in, in the process, but who knows? VR could end up being game changing for, for bowling, right? You know, there's no need to have an arena of a thousand people now mm -hmm. on, their, on those VR headsets. You know, it's always an interesting thought. But there are plenty of different ways I think that the bowling industry can continue to get out in front um, and to continue, honestly, to rise i guess it's it's stock as a sport um and i think what you were saying about golf having so many variables and being so challenging um and always battling challenging conditions is um is is really is is the essence of bowling you know it's there it's gotta i mean i've played a lot of sports in my life um i've played some at a very high level um some just casually and bowling to me seems like the sport that has by far the most variables in it um, at least more certainly the most variables that you cannot control. Um, so yeah. I think, I think that it's just, you know, it's a, such an interesting sport and I think it also has 
um, you know, has an issue where, like you were saying, Dave, it's hard to really appeal to the hardcore nerds without losing the people that are the casual viewers that are just viewing for more so entertainment purposes. And just looking at, at what Robert pointed out about you know, topography, in my first couple of years and just learning the sport <clears throat> and learning some of the language, and I never ever thought of topography. Right. You know, never in a million years. Now, now I realize there are books about it. You know, there's, there's, and, and you talk to the bowlers and they understand, they can explain, oh, that's that building, you know, whatever building comes into your mind. Well, yeah, I know that building because you go on this side of the building, it's this, and you go on this side of the building, it's that. And all of these things that, that, that go from city to city, from, from bowling center to bowling center, it's absolutely fascinating. Uh, and it is unique because the tennis court's the same dimensions. And, you know, you're going to get, you know what you're getting on a clay court. You know what you're getting on a hard court. You know what you're getting on a grass court. Uh, a golf course is different grasses, so that's different. You know, a Florida golf course has one kind of grass to play on. Go out to California is completely different and so forth and so on. Um, but you're right. Uh, and you could bring uh, – who was it? God, I can't remember. Over the summer, forgot who it was. It might have been B.J. Moore who drove to some of the events. And he, he, he didn't make the show, didn't make the cut. So it came time for him to load up to drive home. Dude, I don't know how he fit himself behind the wheel of the car. <laughs> I don't. Because I watched this, and I didn't volunteer to help. Um, I watched him and his buddy load up his SUV with what had to be, and I'm trying not to exaggerate, a minimum of 30 bowling balls. Yeah. And never mind what it does to his gas mileage. But just what he did, you know, what he had, what he thought he needed to do in order to compete at a couple of stops, in order to have any chance at all of, of making a stepladder show. It's unbelievable. And that's not what's counting what's already on the truck as well. There's already balls on the truck. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Dave, uh, we want to thank you for taking a few minutes to, to spend some time with us on our goofy little show here that uh, we're going to continue to do Monday through Friday indefinitely. Um, you're our first guest. Uh, appreciate you coming on for sure, brother. It was my pleasure. Listen, I love talking to you guys. I love talking about bowling and, and saying hi to the fans who've been out there. And, and hopefully, uh, we got you past seven today. And uh, excellent. Well, I was rooting for double figures. No, we got to eight. <laughs> we got to eight today. Uh, okay. Well, that's an improvement. That's a what twelve and a half percent improvement. And uh, so, I'd like to say that I was I had a hand in that. I probably didn't, but. You know, <laughs> oh, you had a big hand in it. Uh, we were, <laughs> no, in today. it was my pleasure, guys, and I uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, you know, anytime I'm here. All right, yeah, we might do a uh, a bigger show once we figure out the software a little bit better, and we'll bring yeah. we'll bring on multiple commentators and and do some do some fun stuff. So, Dave, I appreciate yeah, that. Thanks a lot, brother. Really appreciate you. Thanks everybody for watching. Yes, thanks, Dave. Take care, guys. All right, we'll see you later, Dave. The uh, the show is not over though. Matt, because uh, you and I are here for another 15 minutes or so. But uh, first of all, I, you know, Lamont is a pros pro. He's an excellent, excellent uh, announcer. Just a pros pro, man. It's the best way to put it. Talk about when, when we were doing the junior gold vlogs and I said, Hey, go up and talk to Dave Lamont. And you gave me the big old eyes, like, uh, just go talk to Dave Lamont. Remember that? Remember that? Yeah, uh, we were we were filming these vlogs for Ebony International last year, Junior Gold, and we're at the television finals. We're in the Thunderbolt Arena, um, very famous bowling spot, and Dave Lamont was on the call. Yeah, Junior Gold. He did like 
eight shows or something. Yeah, in one day, just <laughs> plowing through it and crushed every single one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't in at all. And so my ghost to me is like, oh, you know, it'd be great for the vlog today. I was like, what? It's like, uh, if you go over to Dave and ask him um, to, you know, give us a little interview for the vlog. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, Dave who? And you're like, Dave Lamont, Dave. And I was like, <laughs> you want me to walk up to Dave Lamont and just ask him to give me an interview for a vlog? He's like, yeah, man, he'll do it. I was like, uh, okay. And you're like, all right, come on, huh? I'll introduce you. And then you walked over and little did I know that you and Dave Lamont, your favorite commentator's favorite commentator is buddies. You, you guys are buddies together. I couldn't believe it. Um, but I couldn't, couldn't imagine him being a nicer guy. He really is just a stand-up guy, class act incredible at what he does um and it was just a really cool experience to be able to meet up with him um not surprised that you know him of course not surprised that you're friends with them because that's what you do well it's i network at these events and Dave. i mean i just dave and i just hit it off very early on he's 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 a great guy um a couple of things here that, that i want to talk about here on the show uh matt is is uh, topic number one and maybe we'll get this into some sort of format as we figure this out this is like a beta testing week for us uh, yep. we'll, be, we'll be we'll be we'll be dialing this in as it goes along so thanks to the early adopters here of our show but i, I do want to take a serious moment here um this morning i i learned um of the passing of a legendary yeah. wife and yeah. mother in bowling yeah. uh Juanita weber uh passed away today and I'd like to take uh, a moment of silence uh, in honor of Juanita Weber. Okay. Um, never like to do those sorts of things, but um, she deserves that. And uh, we are Absolutely. thinking of, uh, of Pete, John, and Rich uh nick and the rest of uh the weber family today as uh we lost a good one today Juanita weber and she uh she she was committed to bowling as much as uh as much as the the bowlers out there she was the hidden hero behind the walls she was the rock at home taking care of the kids while dick bowled and dealing with pete and we know pete's been a handful over the years and, <laughs> and being you know when 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 dick passed away mom became the first call and she filled those shoes and just a tremendous woman. And, uh, I did an interview recently, Matt, with, with Chad Murphy. And he asked me, you know, we're going to be doing this bowling show with the United States bowling Congress. And he asked me what a dream interview would be. And, uh, I said, uh, Susie, Anthony, and Juanita Weber at the same time. And I did that just three weeks ago. And now that's not possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, it makes me feel a bit lazy that that I wasn't able to make that happen sooner. Um, time is precious, everybody. And I know time probably is passing a little bit slower for everyone today with what's going on in the world. It's probably why we have the eight viewers that we do yeah. um, for so long. But uh, it's just another reminder to, to really uh, take the time to appreciate the people around you uh that you love is that is that your uh is that your ferocious beast over there oh yeah my beast of a dog i think i kicked my chair and uh, he's very protective yet he's really <laughs> just uh he's really just a wuss because he'll bark at anything and everything and the second you come up to him um he'll either like uh curl away or he'll just like walk away and he don't really care but he tries to protect the house so i apologize for that everybody 
but um, we we still got yeah. I mean, we still got we still got some bowling topics to cover. Um, we do. I think I collegiate. There's, there are a lot of interesting things that are happening right now. Um, yeah, I think let's, let's talk about the collegiate awards. Um, yep. we, we did a bad job yesterday for not promoting the Bowl TV uh, collegiate yep. awards show, um, which are uh, which are on Bowl TV. Yesterday was the thirteenth uh, of of April, and it was the uh, NAIA and NTCA awards. And I know you're really connected to college bowling. You're wearing your McKendry shirt today. What did you see through social media, uh, and if you watched the show um, to report on? Uh, so I saw some some things that were you know not so um, not so surprising uh, to be honest from an athlete's perspective and I saw some things that were absolutely incredible to me and I, I want to start off with the incredible story to me um, and and that's the coach of Youngstown State Doug Kuberski um, and man he used to be an assistant at Arkansas State coaching with uh, Justin Kostick. And um, went on to take on his own program. He took over Youngstown State. And he did an absolutely fantastic job this season. I'm 90% sure that they ended up being ranked in the top 10 to end the season. And one coach of the year. And what an incredible story. And on top of that, he's just a nice guy. He's a great guy. Um, he's always looking out for his players. Uh, every interaction that I've ever had with him, he's been the nicest guy. Even when you're in the heat of battle and you're, you're battling head-to-head. Um, I think he uh, he deserves it. And the fact that, you know, he took a program that wasn't um, all that well-known or well-respected in the college bowling um, field, I think that he did an incredible job in one year, um, did a lot of great work with them, and it shows. So, so congratulations to Doug um, on a job well done. Yeah, you um, know, Matt, um, you, you, we had horse racing on earlier earlier today with uh with dave lamont or unicorn yeah. racing whatever you want to call it and they always talk about you know once you get a good thoroughbred and you want to breed from the thoroughbreds right yeah well let's think about university of nebraska and coach straub and his understudy for many years paul klimpa who is now yeah. the main guy and yeah. who in my opinion doesn't get mentioned enough in, in coaching no. terms of the great work he's done over the years mark lewis would be another one that that is right in the paul klimpa uh, Mark Lewis is a little more accomplished, a little more uh, notarized name. But uh, I would say that, you know, the University of Nebraska, Justin Kostick bowled at the University of Nebraska. Brian O'Keefe. Brian O'Keefe. Uh, Doug Kaberski also bowled at the University of Nebraska. Yeah. So so what Coach Straub has done over the years with his bowlers, whether they've yeah. gone on to become uh, future superstars in bowling, yeah. you know, particularly on the women's side as of late. DeAndre or, Beatty went to University of Nebraska as well. Now Plahowski is the assistant coach there. So, I mean, we, we're leaving out tons of names. Before. Oh, yeah. No, we could go. I mean, Amanda yeah. Vermilia just got inducted into the University of Nebraska Hall of Fame. We could go on for hours naming athletes here. Well, what I think is is interesting is how his coaching practices and the way that he shaped his bowlers, that he prepared them for other jobs, potentially in bowling and careers, other than being a professional bowler with as many people that have gone on to become really good collegiate coaches so shout out to to bill straub and the entire nebraska program and the job that these young men are doing or a little bit older guys now because i bowl against these guys so they're they're in their late 30s early 40s but they're doing a a tremendous tremendous job so very very good point matt and it's it's great to see you know unfortunately this the sport of bowling on the collegiate level doesn't have that many i guess what you could call big fishes of huge universities that 
you know, put money into it, put, um, you know, put effort and time into their teams. Um, and so it's, you know, everybody, of course, puts time and effort and money. But when you have these big universities, you know, it's a different animal. It's a different beast. And to have a university like the University of Nebraska be able to be involved in bowling, um, I think they've made a tremendous impact on the sport. And um, it's just great to see um, schools like that being involved and be able to not only, like you said, shape their program, but shape the, you know, shape the entire industry. You know, Deandra Esbady is now, she runs her own youth tour and those youth bowlers, you know, one of her youth bowlers just won the U S amateur championship and made team USA, yeah. made junior team USA. And you've got Brian O'Keefe who created a dynasty at McKendree university and they're winning championships. And they ended the season ranked number one in the country. Um, and now Kluhowski is coming back and she's obviously made a huge mark on the, on the bowling world. And, she's and, and, and how about Dennis Knepper at, at McKendree who kind of helped found that program, put it all together and how, how well they're all working together. Yeah. Uh, you know, just in, it's, it's all great. Also yesterday on the show, uh, cause we're, we're, we're running out of time here. Uh, I also saw that Vanderbilt did very, very well in accomplishments and McKendry both. Uh, did you yep. see that? Yep. 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 It's, uh, it's, uh, again, this was, this was getting, I mentioned before some surprising or some great stories and some not so surprising, um, news. I think that McKendry has certainly, you know, and I'm saying this, I'm probably, bi- I'm not probably biased. I am biased. You know, they've done an incredible job and it's just shown that sometimes, you know, you don't necessarily need all the bells and whistles. You don't need unlimited funding, you know, with great coaching and with great athletes, hard work, the right plan, you got, you know, you really can't accomplish everything. And so I think that um, it's great to see a school like McKendree um, that could possibly motivate other universities that are looking to add sports to say, you know what, it's not like football where we're going to need millions of dollars to get this program up and running. We can have a smaller program of, you know, eight to 12 athletes, which is what probably most NCAA women's bowling teams are. Um, and I think that, again, with Vanderbilt, same story as University of Nebraska, a huge university, an absolutely humongous university um, that has done a great job making a huge, profound effect on the sport of bowling. Um, and, you know, I see players like Brianna Clemmer and Taylor Bailey of McKendry uh, making first team All-American. And is that incredible? Of course, it's incredible. Is it all that surprising? Um, not, not really. You know, they're great athletes. They're great players. Maria Bolnova on Vanderbilt is an, an incredible player. Former Vanderbilt bowler Kristen Kwa. Uh, it's, I think it's Kristen or Krista. I'm sorry. Whichever. Kristen, Kristen Kwa. I know Kristen, that. One. I was, I was right. I was right. I was a collegiate right. bowling expert, but I did call Southland Bowling League for about four that's years. True, so that's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, and and Kristen not only being a fantastic bowler, but she uh, she had like a 3.99 GPA as like a. a a bio, some crazy bioengineering study. And Vanderbilt's um, a very hard school. An incredibly difficult school. Yeah. So she did that there. She's being recognized at all these different banquets. So this is just goes back to the fact that these coaches are not only doing a great job making people great bowlers that are going to go on to win many professional titles or different different tournaments around the country and around the world, but they're doing college bowling as, as a great way to sh- help shape people and to give people some direction as to what they can do outside of bowling once college is finished. Yeah. Not only contribute to bowling, but contribute to life. Absolutely. Exactly. I agree with you hundred percent. So on tap here, it looks like we have uh, on Wednesday, April 15th at six o'clock, we have uh, the IBMA and NCBCA awards on bowl TV. So make sure you check that out. Yep. 
Um, and a couple other things uh, to talk about here today is it looks like our show on Friday is going to have to be an hour earlier, Matt, based off of an email that I got this morning. I have another commitment uh, with the United States Bowling Congress that I'm going to be doing Friday. Uh, right. Looks like we're going to be, uh, looks like USBC is going to have some announcements coming out on Friday. Uh, and they want me to be involved since doing the show here that uh, that to, to help facilitate and run their their program over there and work with Jason Thomas and the folks over there with some some breaking news from what we understand that is going to happen uh, with uh, in regards to some events or at least an update. Um, I don't know any of the information. I just saw an email that they asked me to be part of. So, of course, I'm going to sign up for that. So right. maybe I'll promote our show over there. I mean, a, a nice little plug would be would be good. Um, you know, we've had some help from some some people so far, but it'd be nice if you would put in some work by yourself and you'd finally plug us in somewhere. And we didn't want to look too grandstanding here or begging people for money, but we do also have our InsideBowling.com website. And to be able to do more things like this, obviously we don't have any sponsors, but what you can do is head over to InsideBowling.com. Check out some of our funny T-shirts. We have some pro shop items and things like that. You can save 15%. Uh, with coupon code MF2 because we're Matt Farber and Mike Flanagan. There's two of us, MF2, tried to make it simple. And uh, we have our show every day that we've been doing. And, and so far, this will be two in the books there, Matt. Yeah, I think Dave made it very easy uh, for us to do a good job today. We, uh, we certainly saw some more viewers, which was great. We're so grateful for everybody tuning in today. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about tomorrow's guest? I, I'm I, I don't understand um, how we're managing to do this, but it's going to be a cool show. Um, and let us know, guys, in the comments um, over the course of the next couple of minutes. Who do you want to see? You know, who do you want us to talk to? Yeah, so we've been having a theme right now. I've been kind of in this like theme zone. Uh, so Dave Lamont today. Tomorrow we're going to have Dave Ryan is going to join us, the Rhino. Uh, so we're going to have Dave Ryan on tomorrow. And then we've we've already got uh, RP scheduled for Monday of next week. It's his next available time slot because he's so busy. Um, and then uh, Thursday, we're efforting to get another bowling commentator type person. So we're going to kind of run the gamut here, I believe. Uh, we may pop in a person here or there. I know that uh, I talked to the commissioner of the PBA, Tom Clark. He's very interested in coming on and says, anytime you need, need me, if I'm available, let me know. So we've got a lot of cool things that are kind of circulating here. With our with our brand new show, Matt, you're doing a great job producing, by the way. Oh, thanks. You know, it's um, it's uh, I made Dave Lamont laugh. I made him laugh pretty hard with the the unicorn, um, being unicorn call being a part of his portfolio. Um, so to me, I think I knocked this one out of the park. Honestly, if I had to give, I think you did too, and I think we should keep playing this game tomorrow. Um, so yes, for sure. Yeah, we've got. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to do some more research on Dave Ryan. Um, and, and see what, what he's up to on his social media. Um, and then hopefully I can get, get a clue as to what kind of videos I should pull up. Um, do you think I should do more than three or? The th yeah, three I think you should do more than three. All you right. So we'll make it, we'll make I really it enjoyed that. Yeah. That was a great segment. That, that was, was a great. Segment of the day. Yeah, no, for, for sure. But not because of me, just because Dave, he, he killed right. it. He killed the unicorn. Yeah. The unicorn did. one. And then he called you follically challenged. That sucks. But yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, I love it. No, it's awesome. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for show number two. We're over on our time, everybody. Matt, I want to thank you again for doing the show with me. I want to thank everybody for watching all eight of you. And uh, we'll see maybe hopefully nine people tomorrow as we yes. come back at 11 o'clock mountain time. 
uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time, and that's noon central. And if you're on the West Coast, it's 10 a.m., everybody. I just ran the gamut of United States uh, time codes or <laughs> no reason whatsoever, but I just did. So there you go in case you didn't know <laughs> or how to figure that out. Um, so anyway, thanks again, Matt. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We will see you tomorrow on this thing we call the Inside Bowling Show. Have a good day, everybody. Stay safe out there. Have a good one. Hey, everybody, it's Mike Flanagan back with you here after the program. Hopefully you enjoyed today's program with Dave Lamont. You know, Dave and I go back, and Dave really embraced uh, me in general and all people that he comes in contact with, and he doesn't have to. So we certainly appreciate Dave's time on the show today. And I think one of my greatest moments in the history of my bowling career uh, professionally is when he did come to St. Louis and was the play-by-play -play guy with color analyst Nelson Burton Jr. that we talked about on the show. I will cherish that day and that weekend forever as one of my top moments of not only inside bowling, but of my life. Make sure you stick around. You come back for our next episode, episode number three, where we continue the broadcast professional talents on our show, where we have Dave Ryan on our show. I also actually sat down and did a one-on-one -on -one with Dave Ryan a couple of years ago. And I still have that recorded, and we'll probably bring that out on this podcast. So look for that in the future. Uh, but make sure you check back and uh, for future upcoming broadcasts that we do have uh, here on the Inside Bowling Show. We certainly do appreciate those of you that are leaving a review for us, and we will see you on the next episode. Thanks, everybody. Stay safe. Stay healthy.